0: I'm gonna breeze through uh, something that I just picked up at a a real estate uh, conference for real estate agents. And part of it is uh, the power of building powerful teams or producing teams, top producing teams. I'm gonna give you a small piece of this and then I got a couple other little things I'm gonna try to slide in. Uh, Eight actions of top producing teams. Pretty simple. One of the things was that uh, most people aren't putting a team together or not putting a team together properly. Scott, as you're building your business, though, I want you to build your business now so that you can slide a team into place. Does that make sense? Otherwise, what happens is you have to redesign your company to take it to the next level. One of the things that I teach people all the time is that we have to shift gears as we're building our companies. I don't want to have to redesign the company, though. Many of you know that uh, uh, when I was building the first company, I want to make sure you guys hear this simple story because I had to rebuild the company. I didn't have to shift gears. I had to rebuild it. Susan was pregnant with Elizabeth. It was a life-threatening pregnancy. I can't tell you how many times we sat in the shower and just cried. It was tough. It was tough. And honestly... We'd been to the doctor. We couldn't do surgery because, well, she was pregnant. We did a lot of praying. And, and there was the chance we would lose Susan. There was a chance that we would lose the baby. Now, my youngest child, Elizabeth. Okay? And so, obviously, that all turned out okay. But, as, but the prayers were answered. All that got taken care of. But as soon as Elizabeth was born, Susan had to go into the hospital. And she was in the hospital for, like, two weeks because of uh, the surgery that was necessary and and then some complications and and trying to make sure that it didn't go sideways on us. And um, and I thought to myself, I've got a company and it's taking care of itself. I don't need to be there every stinking day. You know, I, I, in fact, I don't need to be there at all. And so I told the guys, hey, Susan's in the hospital. I'm going to go sit with Susan in the hospital. So the first week was pretty good. First week, and by the way, I love Susan's sister because she kept Elizabeth Forrest at home when she was a newborn while Susan was in the hospital. That was was an amazing thing. (laughs) So the first week went pretty good. I read. I talked with Susan. I made sure stupid things didn't happen to Susan, like people trying to take blood that shouldn't be taking blood, all all kinds of stuff. I chased one guy out of the room more than once. No, you are not touching that, okay? Because he didn't know how to take blood. He was learning on Susan, and I wasn't going to let that happen. Second week rolled around, I'm thinking, you know what, this is working out pretty good. I'm actually feeling a little bit relaxed because I'm not at the office every day and everything, and then I get a phone call. It's my office manager. She goes, Mike, I need to talk to you about getting a raise. I went, well, that makes good sense. I said, "Uh, you know, I expect to be here another week. We'll we'll talk when I get back. Well, I thought that might be your answer, so I'm turning in my resignation. What? (laughs) Okay. And I went, huh. That's weird. And I thought about that the rest of the day, as you can imagine. That's my office manager, right? I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Next day, I get a phone call from my lead inspector. Hey, Mike, I need to talk to you about uh, getting a raise. Uh, I understand, you know, I'm in the hospital. My wife, you know, the baby, blah, blah, blah. He goes, yeah, I, I'm, I'm familiar with all that, but what I've realized since you've been out is how much I have to do and how much I'm worth and, and I think I deserve a raise. And I said, you know what? We'll, we'll talk about this when I get back. And he goes, I thought that might be your answer. So I'm giving you my resignation. Boom. I was beside myself. If I can't sit in the hospital with Susan, my wife, after a life-threatening pregnancy going through this process. I couldn't sit there for two weeks. I couldn't do anything for two weeks, right? Who's going to say, oh yeah, Mike, you should go to the Antarctica and the Galapagos and South America and Machu Picchu for 30 days without, you know, me worrying about getting a crazy phone call. So Scott, that's why I say, you've got to make sure you design the company right. And I will tell you, it took me six months to recover from that. Did recover, but I also rebuilt the business. So one of the things that this guy did was he went out to eight Uh, He went out to 29 different teams that were producing consistently for five years, growing for five years in profit and in production, and in some other key performance indicators as well. These were real estate teams, by the way, so you may see some real estate thought processes here in this. But I want you to know all of this. When I heard this, I went, this applies to every business, and it does. So first one is you got to have a predictable environment. So again, all the teams that were interviewed had a predictable environment, 29 teams, five years of consistent growth. But their standards, their expectation for roles, their their cadence for the day, their team calendar, their meeting events, their resources and training, everything was predictable. By the way, I'll give you all these PowerPoints with the uh, uh, out there so that you can have it, okay? Because I'm going to go pretty quickly because I've got two more things I want to cover for you. Uh, Keep score. (laughs) Jonathan, show you how we keep score today? Mm -hmm. We never kept score like that in my first company. We kept some score, but never like that. Okay? And uh, so successful teams keep score. If you don't keep score, Kevin, if you don't keep score, who wins the game? The person who keeps score. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't keep score, the guy that keeps the score wins. Okay? Have you ever been to a soccer game for for little kids like my five-year-old grandbaby? and it's like they don't keep score, but on the sideline it's like, 32. Yeah, exactly, the parents are keeping score, thank you. All right, so wow, I'm already moving slower than I need to be. Uh, so you've gotta have those scores, and by the way, you need lead gen appointments, agreements, as well as lag. See, almost everybody scores on lag, but you have gotta score what gets you there. That's the difference, you saw Jonathan measuring what gets us there on a lot of this stuff. Most can define winning or losing, what the day looks like, all teams will, you know, visually display the score. And that's one of the reasons I pointed out Jonathan hangs that that scoreboard up in the office. Number three, team leaders actively plan and manage their time. Successful team owners plan their days, their weeks, they leverage a calendar. I'm literally planning out for the next two years for myself. And the truth is I'm planning out the next 20 years, but two years actively onto a calendar. Okay? Uh, While some people have random, unplanned work that occurs, that's okay, okay, but for the most part, team owners follow a regular schedule, and the schedule is openly shared with everybody. John, Krista, Susan, they can all see my schedule. They all have permission to put certain things on my schedule, okay? Number four, team leaders leverage personal work time. Most all successful team owners have a weekly and, in some cases, daily chunk of time blocked exclusively to work on their own personal projects. I have time blocked every Friday to go visit my dad. I consider that kind of a personal project, okay? But there's other things. Personal projects also include strategic planning, data review, writing course material, having one-on-one meetings. So Stephanie reminded me, and Stephanie, I'm so sorry that I didn't remember it, but you reminded me that you and I had lunch over at one of my favorite little restaurants. I do that two or three times a week sometimes, you know? And thank you for reminding me, okay? But I, but I plan time to be able to do that sort of thing so that I can help people and find the right people maybe to help. And then some, some think thinking time. Now, I don't call it thinking time, Shakur. What do I call it? Focus time. Focus Who said that? Focus time. There you go. You can tell her thank you. Thank you, Tony. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I, as I was listening to this, they said they mentioned this book, and I have not read this book, and I do not know if I'd recommend it or not, but they called it The Road Less Stupid. Okay. Because, huh? I got to read that book. Okay, that's a good book. All right. Number five team leaders and key people understand the team's financials. So, one of the things every week we do. We showed you what our key performance indicators for our dream team. There's another meeting we have every week. I call it the freeze frame, okay? It's like a, you stop all the numbers in, in a, like a photo, right? And you know what the deposits were, what the expenses were, and you go through that. So we go through all those numbers, and all successful team owners not only review their monthly financials, but they understand what they're reviewing, and then they all have a slightly different process, and all, all have more than their own eyes on their financials. When I sit down with the numbers, it's me, Jonathan, Krista, and our bookkeeper, okay, who used to be a CPA, okay? And then, of course, I have Bob overseeing all of it on the backside. Number six, team leaders teach nonstop. Remember me mentioning this morning about that? It is like the last step to really becoming who you can be is teaching others. While content varied, team leaders are always teaching not just sales skills, this is important, not just sales skills, but leadership, investments, life skills, motivation. And, I mean, think about, think about what you've seen here today. Did Jonathan do a presentation? Boom. Did John Laird do a presentation? Boom. What did Jesse say when he came up? He's next, okay? He's listening right now going, oh boy, okay? Uh, But group into one-to-one for team development. And by the way, you guys might remember, but last year my 12-year-old grandson came in and did a presentation. All my kids by age 12 have done presentations, okay? And so, by the way, this attracts people into your world more than anything else. When you're willing to help people, train them, teach them, it, it attracts more people than you can possibly imagine. Now, team leaders are executive athletes. <sighs> I'm working on this. And, and it's like I told Stan this morning. He inspires me. I mean, the energy level. And I told Shakur. I look at Shakur and I go, dude, it's like he's got energy written across his forehead here. It's just the way he smiles. You know, I, I see it, he exudes energy. People wanna be around that like that, okay? So be the Tom Brady of your industry. Maybe I should say, be the Aaron Rodgers of your industry, right, oh my gosh, do you see what just happened with him? How old is Aaron Rodgers, 40? And he just got recruited to be the quarterback for what, the Jets? Amazing, right? You gotta focus on health and energy, committed to your personal development and growth. Now, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you a secret. Susan, you don't wanna hear this, so close your ears, okay? One of the reasons I planned the trip to the Antarctica and the Galapagos was because I wanted Susan to have a reason to exercise. Now, here's the, here's the truth is, when she exercises, I exercise. So Susan went, we're going to the Antarctica. I need to walk. And we would do 10,000 steps a day. And at the end of the day, there's this balancing beam at the end of this walkway, she would get on it. And, and, and her balance is, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a goat on the side of a mountain, OK? Uh, But she is like, she is like uh, balancing and everything. And then we went to the Antarctica and she did great. And then we went to the Galapagos and it was actually a little tougher and she did great. And then we went to Machu Picchu and walked 21 stories. That's what our Fitbit told us, 21 stories. And she did great. And we came back healthier than what we went, Okay. So, But you got to work on it. And, but here's what I will tell you. you got to have a reason to work on it. By the way, next uh, year we're going to Egypt, and we're going on a safari, okay? And uh, we better be in shape. And by the way, uh, Kevin, the place I learned this the first time, the first major trip we took was to Israel so we could walk in the footsteps of Christ. And we were concerned. And that was 10 years ago. We were concerned, okay, that we would have the ability to to do all that walking and everything. But we did it. And what I learned from that trip is having a trip like that gives us a reason to make sure that we have stay healthy. you got to make sure you maintain yourself. I weigh myself every single morning, okay? And thank goodness for Susan because I've lost somewhere between 5 and 10 pounds since she started getting in shape as well okay? Teams have propositions, value propositions, and team leaders always have recruiting on their mind. Keep in mind, this is real estate, and uh, they're, they're recruiting people. And, uh, and by the way, they're very good at it. Whereas the top five real estate companies went down this last year in 2022, they grew by 20%. They grew by 20% in gross revenue and everything. So it's kind of a cool thing. By the way. Will is part of that group, Kevin's part of that group, and I'm part of that group, okay? So it's one of the reasons I was there learning, and me and Will and Kevin have been to their seminars on some of this stuff. We hope you enjoyed the podcast, and as a friendly reminder, if you're looking to increase your sales, improve your cash flow, and boost your bottom line as a home inspector, go to microreturns.com right now.